Hey everyone, and welcome to Pod Rocket. Today I'm here with Nick Reese, who's the creator of Elder JS and Elder Guide. How are you doing, Nick? Good, doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so really excited to have you on, and um, you know, I've read a bit about Elder JS, and so maybe you know before we even talk about what it does, maybe you can talk about what you know, kind of the journey you took to building Elder JS, and then we'll get into what it does and how it works. Sure, for sure. Yeah, so I, I have a kind of a non-traditional entry into the uh, development space. I, I've always been a SEO slash affiliate marketing guy. I've done that for it just came up on 15 years now. Um, and basically, I, I always joke that SEO has paid the bills since I've had bills to pay. And th- th- that's pretty true. So uh, after selling my last company in 2018, uh, essentially on that company, I had a technical co-founder that was one of my best friends, but he kind of decided he's going to retire. And I was uh, like, you know, I still got more left in me, but I want to be able to develop everything. So before I could do CSS, JavaScript, some front end stuff, but nothing fancy. And so I, I taught myself JavaScript and essentially ended up setting out to build my own static site generator because I had played with all the other players out there, like all the other static site generators that existed and nothing really scratched the itch that I was looking for. So uh, the ultimate uh, manif- manifestation of that is Elder.js. And so a bit more tangibly, I guess, what does Elder.js do? How does it work? How does it help yeah. with SEO and all those great things? For sure, for sure. So. Uh, essentially, I, I set out to build uh, a WordPress alternative in the JavaScript ecosystem. So uh, essentially, Elder.js handles partial, partial hydration. WordPress doesn't do that. But um, the main reason why I wanted to build it was partial hydration, which if you're not familiar with, with that, that's essentially there's multiple different ways a page can be hydrated. One is uh, fully on the client, partially on the client, or just statically uh, serving HTML. Um, there's a pretty big conversation around that in the, the development space. So I wouldn't be surprised if this, is, this isn't news to most people. But essentially, when I started Elder.js, there was no one doing partial hydration. And I decided, you know, I really want to work with Svelte, and I want to find a way to do partial hydration. And then I initially, when I started building, I, I wanted to build a major site. And what I mean by this is a site that has 10,000 plus pages. And in order to do that with the static site generator, you're generally looking at a several hour build time. And so I wanted to have something that was a much shorter build time. Right now we build uh, elderguide.com that's like 18,000 pages in under two, two minutes. So it's, it's pretty fast. And that's on like, it's on a beefy server, but with the database locally. Um, but it can go much faster than that. And Elder.js can actually outperform Hugo in some user tests. So on like 20,000 plus pages. Um, so yeah, basically, I know I'm not doing a great job of introducing it, but Elder.js is essentially my my tool that I wanted to build in order to build uh, my my flagship SEO sites. And so today we have Elder Guide that runs on it, FindEnergy.com that runs on it, and a few other sites that we don't really talk about on it. And Elder.js powers all of them. And so there's a few design philosophies that were in there that essentially underpin the entire reason why we built why I built it is first it should be able to build fast it should handle partial hydration there should have SEO friendly defaults and the the framework should never do anything that causes you SEO issues third all the complexity should be isolated in the same places on every single project and so we use hooks that are very similar to WordPress hooks not similar to react hooks but essentially a lot these allow you to to plug into any part of the build process any step in it and essentially inject your own code or edit what the 
the static site generator is doing. And then uh, additionally, we have short codes. And if you're not familiar with short codes, it's a fantastic way to essentially future-proof your content. So that, those are all the big things I was looking for. And no one really offered all of that in a single package. And so you kind of start scratching your own itch and you say, hey, I should be able to build this in an afternoon, like the start of this. Let's prove this. And then you, you know, you, you look and you've got like four months sunk into it and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's become its own beast. And it's, you know, I, I really think it's the best at specifically what it does. It's designed to power major SEO sites. And additionally, um, I didn't intend to do this when I started out, but, it, um, that I had built like a preview system in order to preview your changes when you're developing locally. And what's, what that's evolved into is, uh, a perfect upgrade by, like pathway from static site generator to server-side rendering. So ElderJS does do server-side rendering as well. So that's the, that's the overview. Yeah, no, that, that's super helpful. And maybe if we unpack that a bit, starting with, you mentioned this concept of, okay, it has SEO by default. Mm-hmm. So I feel like for a lot of people, SEO, you know, have people have some basic ideas about like what helps with SEO, like the site has to be fast and, yeah, your information architecture has to be a certain way. and But like, I feel like SEO is kind of a black box in some ways. And a lot of people don't really know like what are best practices. So when you think about how Elder helps you have SEO best practices, like what are like the, the most important items there? So essentially, this comes from my, my experience with Gatsby. And I converted a major WordPress site over to Gatsby back in uh, 2018. And it became a disaster because what ended up happening is Gatsby kept on pushing additional changes that were causing SEO issues. Like our canonical tags changed on the entire site and we didn't even notice it until, uh, you know, several days later. That's a major SEO issue. And so essentially while I say SEO, essentially ElderJS is SEO first. What I'm trying to say is that it's not going to get in your way um, and it's not going to cause problems specific SEO specific problems. For instance, um, we do a lot of checking to make sure all the permalinks are unique, uh, which is kind of obvious, but it's really easy to add canonical tags. There's a there. It's easy to add bread breadcrumbs. It's easy to add a whole bunch of different items there. Um, and then there's a, a built-in SEO check tool uh, that goes with the ElderJS template that goes through and checks like 50 some different uh, common mistakes to kind of prevent yourself from, you know, shooting yourself in the foot, like having an undefined in your title tag and stuff like that. Well, I'm actually not familiar with breadcrumbs. What is that concept? So breadcrumbs are essentially the navigation path uh, throughout a site. So like you often see this when you enter a site deep into the site and you might have like the home icon and then it'll have like several different uh, links up. Um, You can essentially set that up you can embed JSON LD and Google will grab that and add that to the search results in some cases. And ElderJS makes that easy. In fact, I should have a plugin out in the next couple of weeks that just does it automatically for you. So one, one of the main things about this hook system is I, I also designed it so that plugins are first class citizens. So essentially they have access to their own entire uh, like lexical scope. They also have access to, to set up their own uh, templates, and then they can add their own hooks and short codes. So they, they can essentially do everything that the user can do uh, by, by just adding a plugin. And so that, that makes it very easy to add like a sitemap. It makes it easy to add like live reloading. I have a whole group of plugins that I've developed and released, and there's some community plugins as well. And 
you know, you mentioned one of the other benefits is that with Elder.js, your build times are way faster than, you know, if you were having a multiple hour build with thousands of pages. Is that because you're doing partial hydration, so you're not actually building the entire site statically? Or are you doing some kind of optimization to statically build very fast? So I, I, I tried to, before building Elder.js, I built a high-frequency cryptocurrency trading bot. And I was moving tons of crypto um, in milliseconds, like basically four milliseconds between trades as fast as we could liquidate it on Binance. And I learned a lot there about hot loops and all that other stuff about how to optimize the code. And so a lot of how Elder.js is structured is, is designed to always be running in the hot loop. And then it also uh, builds across all the processes, process, like all the threads that it can possibly expand to. So it's fully parallelized. That's mainly what's making it fast. Essentially, partial hydration actually slows us down quite a bit. Um, but what partial hydration does is it fully renders the HTML and then wraps a div uh, with whatever component that, that you want to be mounted and then add, remounts it uh, specifically on that unique div. So there's quite a bit of extra extra work that goes on to do partial hydration, but it's definitely the, the build times are something that was really important to me because um, you, you'll see a lot of the other uh, static site generators in the space uh, like talk quite a bit about you know incremental s- static generation or incremental builds. So only b- change what's built. And when I was looking at that problem, that's a very sexy engineering problem, but it's not a very practical business problem. It just isn't because computing resources are incredibly cheap. Like we have a single super beefy bare metal box that we pay $200 a month for, and it just is our build server. And it just, you know, it's got like, 24 threads and it just, it just are 24 cores and it just goes, you know? So it's much easier to throw computing resources at something as long as it's fully parallelized than it is to calculate all the dependencies of the data that might be required to generate the pages. And so that's the reason why I chose to focus on that instead of incremental generation. And from like a runtime, and so you are, I guess my question is like, you are building the full site statically. So you get all the benefits of performance in production mm-hmm. at runtime, plus you get fast builds. Yep. Right. So how does this compare to what you can do with Next.js? Um, I, I know, you know Next has some of these similar concepts where you can do static site generation, you can do partial hydration, server-side rendering. Um, there's, I'm even forgetting the name of the concept, but there's another intermediate concept they've coined. So, you know, have you... How do you kind of think about the the paradigms of building with Elder.js versus um, using the next stack? So I, I tested every every single possible player before I decided to build my own. So I, I te- tested next, but this was back in uh, you know late 2019, early 2020. So it's a couple of years now. And at the time, what I was finding is that most static site generation was kind of an afterthought. And that was the, the main issue with that is that it's very easy to build a server-side rendered uh, application and then run a spider on it. And then now you have your static site. And I, I basically set out to just build a static site generator uh, that could be as fast as possible because, I mean, I was experiencing, I was used to dealing with eight hours of Gatsby build times. I hadn't built, built with Next uh, anything more than like, I, I built a, a single template with some some basic, uh, you know, content on there. And I, at the time it was taking, you know, 40 minutes to generate several, uh, a couple thousand pages. And I was just like, this is this, there has to be a better way to solve it. And so 
essentially I, I went static site generator first. And I think there's a, just a different approach to it when, you, when you're building a static site generator and then you kind of tack on server-side rendering versus when you start with server-side rendering, you tack on static site generation. Um, I think what Next.js does is fantastic. And I think it's a fantastic solution for the vast majority of people. But it doesn't support, support Svelte. And I really think my preferred tech stack is Svelte with PostgreSQL. I just think those two things together, you're building with cheat codes and you can just do amazing uh, user interface stuff that's very hard to do otherwise. And so a lot of, a lot of what Elder.js has is custom built for what we need, but I, I know several very, very, very successful sites in addition to ours that, that are using it um, specifically for SEO issue, uh, an SEO focused site where they don't want SEO issues. When you think about the average React site that you see out there, like what are the SEO mistakes people make? And I'm curious, like you mentioned, uh, Elder JS has like the SEO check tools. Like, what kind of things does that detect? And just yeah, generally, like what are common pitfalls to avoid? Yeah, so um, the SEO check tool, um, Luke Edwards and I are working on a revamp of it, but it's going to be way more pluggable than it currently is. Um, but to answer the first question. Um, when I look at uh, React sites out there, probably my biggest pet peeve and one of the things that's incredibly hard to debug uh, is anything that has to do with uh, where you have a service worker. We had this obscure SEO issue uh, with Gatsby that had had to do with the service worker, and we couldn't seem to we couldn't seem to de- debug it no matter what we did. So we had to rip out the service worker, and finally the SEO issue went away. So I'm I'm like very much against service workers because I just think that they like, you know, if there's one thing you know about SEO is if you've been around the, that community at all, is they all wear tinfoil hats and they, they think like, you know, Google is spying on them and stuff like that. For me, one of my my quirks is that I don't like service workers at all because I, I generally think that they they make things a lot more complex to debug. And so I, I'd be very careful with service workers. Um, but as far as the most common mistakes, it's, it's things like undefined in the title tag or your meta description or undefines on your page that you're not like checking for. Um, it's, you know, having, having your H tags out of order, but this is a lot of like on page stuff that you can get right by just kind of paying attention. Um, but that, that, this is a lot of what SEO check does for you is it's saying, Hey, you know, your title tag should probably have your primary keyword and your H1 should probably have your primary keyword as well. At least one of those words from each of those should match. It's checking that sort of thing. And then similarly, it checks all your H2 tags and H3 tags and H4 tags, and at least make sure one of those has a, a word that matches your title. It's uh, a lot of what, what what you'll see is that, um, especially as you get into bigger companies, is that, that the SEO team is disjointed from the development team and even the marketing team often. They're part of the marketing team, but they're not part of the content team. And so they often give direction to the content team. And having like worked in that environment after selling my company, say I consulted for a year with a company that was like that that acquired us. What I found is that... Um, you know, everyone wants to knows SEO as a priority, but often what you find is that if the developer isn't aware of SEO best practices, essentially you have this this uh, this roadblock that comes up to like where the SEO has to go to the marketing team and the marketing team has to go to to the development team in order to get anything done. And so, kind of my hypothesis is is that there's there's there should be the ability for uh, an SEO tool to live in the CI/CD pipeline and essentially surface common issues. And SEO check is the, the first 
uh, iteration of that, and it's built right into Elder.js. But the, the future iterations will work on any any statically generated site or or anything like that. What does your future roadmap look like? Like, what are you most excited to build over the next year or so in Elder.js? So, as far as Elder.js, like, I'm like pushing small change, like bug fixes right now. I pushed one today, but um, the vast majority of what Elder.js needs to do is done. It's it's like very much in maintenance mode, and so uh, you know, I've had requests of like, hey, can you do what Astro is doing and also offer offer React partial hydration? Could you add view partial hydration? Those sorts of things. Um, and while I'm open to those sorts of PRs, it's just not something that. I can develop uh, business resources to do right now. But essentially, I mean, I, I have five major sites that run on this now. I only talk about two of them, but I have five major sites that run on this and with, you know, close to 20 data collectors and a uh, large content team and all of, like it, it's serving us incredibly well. I, I'm not seeing anything that's really missing. And so um, knowing the system inside out and knowing what our what we need from an SEO perspective, I think we're at a good viewpoint to essentially say, there are some things that I would like to develop specifically. Um, I'd like to move away from roll up and go towards ES build, but, uh, and I would like to be able to do, uh, you know, hot module reloading, but right now, because of the, some of the design choices on the way we set up elder JS early on, I, a hot module reloading is just, isn't super viable. Um, so we have pretty fast refreshes as far as like hot module, well, hot page refresh or whatever it's called, um, where the page reloads every time you save. It's pretty fast. Um, I would like to make those improvements, but um, the juice just isn't worth the squeeze often. Um, and so, yeah, essentially, th that's not a great answer to that question because the people like to hear things are moving forward. But I would say that Elder.js is essentially incredibly stable. And I'm very happy with where it's at. And like I've, like I've said on the on the GitHub and on, on the documentation, like we'll make sure that it's maintained at least for the next two to three years minimum because we're not moving our sites off of them. It could be maintained much longer than that. And we're only adding features that are like are really major requirement features. Um, I imagine mid next year, we might uh, do another sprint to kind of focus on having, because we're going to be building out some dashboards where like on find energy, where the providers can log in and manage their own profiles. We're going to be uh, dog fooding more heavily uh, elder JS and on like, and using auth and all those different things. And so we, there might be a flurry of changes that, that come out then, but in general, it's, uh, it's pretty pretty stable. Um, something I would like to figure out how to do is to get how to get it to run on Cloudflare workers or any sort of like edge lambda. But due to the way that it bootstraps and there's shared memory across uh, all of the plugins, it's just kind of not feasible. So I kind of I have a wish list, but there's things that uh, would require major rearchitecture, and the juice isn't worth the squeeze right now. So essentially, I, I say Elder.js is in a very stable place right now. I'm curious to learn about some of your sites. So would it be accurate to say the Elder Guide is kind of your your flagship site or, uh, yeah? Kind of. Currently, no. Um, it's, okay. it's not. It's the, it's the site that I built in order to, uh, you know, prove uh, Elder.js. And uh, I, I still have really large ambitions for it. Essentially, uh, there's, there's a few business uh, issues that Essentially, I don't believe the marketplace, the way I want to monetize, I don't want to be charging nursing homes. I just, I, I feel bad about that because nursing homes have incredibly thin margins. And right now when they sell, uh, when they basically get, they work with two major reseller or two major companies that are like Elder Guide that rank for all sorts of keywords. And then they 
send those customers to a call center and those call centers squeeze these people into the nursing home that pays them the most. I don't want to be a part of that. And so well, I do think there's a lot of opportunity in that space. Essentially, I see Elder Guide is kind of sitting and cooking and it'll get incremental data refreshes, but not a ton of new features, um, specifically because I don't like the monetization options and I don't want to be a part of the problem, which is like essentially pushing people to the, the nursing home that pays the most. So essentially it's in, it's, it's cooking is the way I think about it. It's just kind of sitting there. It'll be there. It'll continue to be updated, but it's not going to be the main focus. The main focus these days is in findenergy.com. And Fine Energy takes billions of data points, just like uh, Elder Guide, but does lots of calculations to figure out um, essentially what, like, where are the dirtiest power plants in the United States? Who are the owners of those? Um, and what areas, uh, what electricity companies serve what areas? And if, if you're in a deregulated state, what are your other options? And then additionally, we've imported a whole bunch of um, data from Google Sunroof and several other data sources that allow us to do calculations to estimate, you know, at what point would you break even if you installed solar? And doing quite a more, uh, quite a bit more there, because I, I think that, you know, there's that famous saying, I forget who said it, but um, the smartest people of the generation were focused on figuring out how to get people to click ads. And um, my co-founders and I are all um, very passionate about kind of changing the energy situation and bringing at least surfacing awareness that anytime that you type on your keyboard or that you have a light on in your office that that represents a fire burning off in a, in a long distance away, uh, a long distance away from you, or it's the wind blowing, or, you know, it's water falling off a cliff. It, it's some, something has to be done in order to produce this energy. And, and so, you know, it's, we're so far removed from that, that it's, it's hard to realize kind of the consequences of our actions. And so, you know, I, I want to be a part of the energy transition. And so that's where we're, we're, we're focusing our efforts right now the most. And so for find energy, can I, I can go to that site and it will help me determine like, can I switch to renewables for a percentage of my power or sh- does it make sense for me to install solar? Is that kind of the, how it helps yep. consumers? So, so we're going to be rolling out the, the solar calculator page um, in the next uh, probably two weeks. Um, but currently what we've done is uh, we've, so believe it or not, the U S government doesn't seem to know what power companies operate in what areas. Believe that or not, like it's pretty wild. So we like built our own user interface in order to, you know, actually visit like the outage pages of every single provider in the United States and draw their 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 coverage shapes because that's about as good as you can get. Because the the U.S. government doesn't seem to know. Like we've asked them, like how do you know who has coverage on on what? And they're like, oh, you know, Department of Homeland Security has has this map, but then it, it shows that like I'm from Florida that. You know, Florida Power and Light covers the vast majority of the state, but then it really does. It does cover a large part of the state. But um, because Florida is a, a regulated state, uh, there's monopolies ever, everywhere. So, of course, you can't have two providers offering service. So we're really trying to figure out that problem first because we, we think that uh, it's really hard for policymakers to make policy decisions if they don't actually understand, uh, you know, who offers coverage. And then we've, we're really focused on, on kind of surfacing the reality that the top 50 power plants in the United States produce the vast majority of all the pollution. And so surfacing information around that uh, as, as we move into uh, solar. And so we, we're kind of facing a chicken and egg problem where we get, need to get solar installers in order to buy solar leads. So it's an, it's an interesting spot to be in. It's a fun business spot to be in. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're super bullish on, on the market in general and just uh, the ability to influence change in, in a market. What I found with uh, my prior company was called Broadband Now. 
And what we did is uh, we we essentially did the same thing we're doing in the energy space. We took government data and we made uh, we did all sorts of complex calculations to figure out what uh, internet providers offer service in what areas. We were the biggest uh, like third party retailer affiliate in the space. Um, we generated like thirty thousand visitors a day with two two million minutes of talk time a, m- a month to call centers. We were like the, the huge whale in the space, and. During that time, what we found is that we were able to help bootstrap a huge, a huge amount of fixed wireless providers by just allowing them to list themselves for free. And I think that, you know, not not three years from now, maybe five years from now, <clears throat> I think there's going to be a major movement towards more deregulated uh, electricity, which should allow consumers to put solar panels on their loo- on their roof and and sell it back into the grid um, with net generation and. Yeah, in general, I just want to be a part of that movement. And it seems that I'm finding more and more smart people that have come from, you know, affiliate spaces that are essentially looking at how do we, how do we use business in order to change, influence change in the world. And this kind of my, my approach to it is fine energy. So I, I would say that's 100% of my effort is going to there now. So if folks out there are interested in checking out either, I guess, find energy is just findenergy.com. So that one's pretty straightforward. Um, for Elder JS, do you have like do you take open source contributions or PRs? I think you mentioned earlier um, you you would accept PRs. So if folks are interested in contributing, what's the best way to think about that um, or or just learn more? Yeah, so um, Elder JS uh, organization on uh, GitHub is uh, of course we accept uh, code contributions, um, pl- community plugins. Uh, really, I, I get excited when I find that, that people are using it and I love it when people reach out to me. It's it's funny, like in affiliate marketing and SEO, people generally keep to themselves about what they do because they don't want competition. And I often joke that um, being vague is about as good as the, that other thing because uh, almost all affiliates and SEOs essentially don't, uh, don't talk about it. Um, but there's a growing amount of sites that are moving to LRJS and I'm hearing about it and that, that makes me excited. Um, as far as like things that uh, where they could check check us out, I would say check out findenergy.com. Feel free to check out Elder Guide. Um, but I, I don't really have uh, too many other other irons in the fire that I that I talk about. Um, um, but yeah, I, I would love uh, contributions or anyone that's interested in ElderJS to check it out. Um, I'm super active on the Svelte Discord, so if you decide to check it out, uh, make sure to join the Svelte Discord and look at the ElderJS channel. If you have questions, I'm in there helping uh, generally most days. Well, Nick, thanks so much for joining us today. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Pod Rocket. Find us at Pod Rocket Pod on Twitter, or you could always email me, even though that's not a popular option. It's Brian at Log Rocket.